this is in our bloodline. I talk about lineage, but this is also our blood. Our ancestors came over during the transatlantic slave. If we do ancestry DNA, they're going to connect us to some part of West Africa. You cannot disrespect us in our tradition. This is our birthright. So don't, do not disrespect us in this tradition. Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl. We are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. We are on episode 104, 104, 104. That episode number hits different when it's over 100. Wow, what a blessing. Lately, I've been in a super deeply reflective mood since starting Spiritual Homegirl um, four years ago, like my four-year anniversary came two weeks ago, and I've just been sitting here thinking about, wow, like, I always pray that, like, I would affect, if I could affect just one person, I'd be good. And sometimes I think that one person be me sometimes. <laughs> and the reason why I said that is because Spiritual Homegirl has been one of few concepts on this ever-evolving journey of self-betterment and discovery. And I've literally gone through so many life changes since being... Um, on air like I literally the move from LA or the move to LA from Atlanta alone is enough is enough acclimating to an entirely brand new place is enough you feel me enough of a life change and the fact that I never stopped spiritual homegirl while adjusting and maneuvering through these things has been such a blessing and I'm really again blessed humbled and grateful to be able to be on this mic talking to y'all for another episode it's been like 200 and some weeks since I decided to uh decide to upload them first three episodes with poor production. <laughs> oh man, fun fact. I actually did my first like 10 episodes on voice notes. Hold up. I promise you. We was thugging it. But I'm really grateful to be here once again. So as y'all know, I love to give my notes of gratitude. So whether you found me yesterday or was here on day one, check it out. Thank y'all for listening. And out of the tens of thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, because so many podcasts have launched since September 15, 2016, you guys choose to limit your ears still once a week for about an hour. And so for that, I am really, really super grateful. I hella appreciate that. So let's go ahead and get into the first sponsor for this week's episode. And that sponsor for this week's episode is going to be me. Okay. I told you I was going to promote what Spiritual Homegirl does because I think some of y'all don't know. And that's okay. Because that's my fault. I got to do a better job of letting people know what comes with the get down when it comes to spiritual homegirls. Some of y'all on social media didn't even know I had a podcast. Some people that, have a, that, have a, uh, that listen to the podcast don't know I have a newsletter. Don't know I have a Patreon. Don't know that I have a shop. Don't even know I have an Instagram sometimes. So I'm going to remind people however long I need to so that we have a clear understanding of how spiritual homegirl gets down. So let's go ahead and run it. Check academics. Cue the music up. And we're going to run it right now. Spiritual Homegirl is a multifaceted platform dedicated to bettering self and spirit from a homegirl just like you perspective. Spiritual Homegirl aims not to be the guru, but to inspire people to empower themselves to become their own guru while authentically discovering their own peace of mind. Spiritual Homegirl was founded in 2016 by Maria Gates as she wanted to be the change that she wished to see in the world. Maria believed that if you inspire one person to individually better themselves, that their example will inspire others in their community to better themselves, which in turn can help better communities. Maria aims to achieve this through Spiritual Homegirl through various ways. 
puzzle books, word books, as Maria is finishing her first book that will be finished at the end of 2020. Spiritually expressive clothing, aromatherapy products, meditation guides, as well as coaching and counseling services. Maria has a passion for people as well as competencies. As Maria is a certified community counselor, certified meditation teacher, has an aromatherapy certification, and is also studying to become a licensed therapist. Maria also has a free podcast, the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast, as well as a free email tribe letter. And then also there is a shop that has all of the projects listed um, earlier, as well as a Patreon for those who like to work with her deeper on an individual level, a group level, or just simply want to support black female creators. Maria has been found on various media platforms such as Mantra Magazine, Rolling Out Magazine, Voyage Los Angeles, Voyage ATL, Complex News, as well as Now This News. In order to reach Maria, you can do so for any inquiries at Maria at SpiritualHomegirl.com or SpiritualHomegirl.shop. Okay, so that is the sponsor ad, which is me. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to tighten that up as we go. I got to get more comfortable uh, doing that. I definitely did out the top of the head, so we're going to roll with that for now. But on to this week's guest, Kim, my OG Kim. I met Kim years ago. I knew Kim was special. She had an aura of grace, power, uh, regality, um, knowledge, nurturing, big sister kind of vibes. I got that off of her off rip, and I've always kind of liked that about her like I've, I just like you know you can't really put your finger on it but you're drawn to people you know that's kind of how I feel about well actually that is how I feel about Kim um and the reason why I say kind of is because I knew there was a deep spiritual nature about her I just didn't know what exactly it was so that's why I've been kind of correcting myself when I say kind of because I knew it was something I just didn't know what exactly now the thing I like about Kim is that me and Kim are very similar when it comes to what we practice. We don't put it all out there, but we practice. Me personally speaking, I believe that what I practice spiritually is sacred. And some people um, can be the complete opposite. And they can say, hey, I'm an open book. And I get that. I can be an open book too, but everybody can't check my book out. I just I don't open my pages for everybody. Um, and certain things are sacred to me. My spiritual practice definitely being one of them. Um, and Kim was also the same way. So I noticed on social media a few weeks ago kim posted about being an igugun priest priestess excuse me an igugun priestess and i was like oh my goodness i knew it i knew it so i heard her and was like yo like let's talk so we talked about african spirituality and the more i talked to kim the more i realized like kim is the perfect person to introduce this topic on my platform i've never had anyone speak on african spirituality on my platform before i've had christians i've had people that are spiritual without the systems i've also had people that practice who do they ain't talk about it but they practice it okay i done had a whole bunch of guests so i'm not gonna say who but she practiced who do and I've also had people, um, Muslims, you know what I'm saying? So I've had different people on this platform, but never somebody that practiced um, any type of African spirituality. So I felt like seeing how Kim has been studying this since the 1990s. And Kim ain't too much older than us. She's just of a different generation. But she was around when social media was not a thing like that. You couldn't just jump on social media and just learn about African spirituality. You could barely jump on the Internet to learn about African spirituality. You had to go seek that out. If it wasn't in a book, it was with an elder. So Kim's interview that you guys are going to hear speaks to that experience and with that experience comes a lot of wisdom and comes some some advice that we all should consider and that comes with respect to respecting tradition and respecting the process and and there are some questions I knew I wasn't gonna get an answer to because African spirituality different you can't just come up in there asking all sorts of questions because you you know certain things are sacred and you just can't you can't do that but the reason why I asked 
is because I want y'all to see the level of respect that is held for this system as to why you can't. So what I'm saying is when something we practice is very sacred, you can't just come up asking questions like that. And the reason why I asked those questions with Kim is so y'all can understand or maybe some of y'all can live through me and hear this type of conversation so that if you do seek out an elder, you kind of know what you can ask and what you can't ask. Some may find it as a form of disrespect. Some may not. But I'm just saying y'all can hear this conversation very candidly between two homegirls and or let me let me correct myself between an OG and a homegirl. And then you can know how to move and how to approach the topic. So this is really more of a learning exercise as well between uh, Kim and I. So it's been really cool to uh, get her perspective. I've been thinking about this interview since we did it a few days ago. And, I've, and I'm really grateful to Kim for coming on this platform and sharing what she knows with us. We will talk about what an Igungun priestess is. I know some of y'all may have heard it and was like, wait, what was that? An Igungun priestess. And, and we'll, she'll explain to you what that is. Um, so with that being said, without further ado, here is my OG Kim discussing African spirituality Southside Chicago, what's happening? Because that's where she's from. Southside, stand up. <laughs> and uh, y'all tap in, brew some tea, man. We got about an hour. So uh, I'll see y'all on the other side. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, the spiritual homegirl. And I am here with my OG, Kim. How are you doing today? I'm good. And yourself, Maria? I am great. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day to get some self-care in. And I'm really excited because... <laughs> This is the first, or you're the first guest I've ever had discussing African spirituality. And I think that this is really perfectly timed. Um, and I'm just really happy that you decided to come on the platform and share your experience with African spirituality. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. So, shoot, let's just get right into it. So, Kim, like, where, where are you, like, like, can you tell your journey as to, like, how you started to kind of get towards African spirituality? Like, how did it happen? Did it find you? Did you find it? Uh, kind of. I feel like it's kind of a combination of both. Um, I had, I was part of, really kind of part of the Afrocentric movement, like back in the 90s. And I knew that African people, you know, worshipped God, but I didn't really know how. And then I just started you know, reading books. And one of the first books I ever read was Tapping the Power Within by Iyala Van Zandt. And then I read Jambalaya by Louisa Tish. And I was like, I need a godparent. I need to find a godparent. So I was really just kind of walking around. <laughs> I don't know. I was, You know, this was Chicago. And I was just kind of walking around like, well, I'm going to run into somebody on the south side of Chicago. Somebody knows something. And I ended up meeting my godmother, Amaya Losha, um, at African Festival of the Arts in Chicago. And she was doing readings. It was, you know, outside. And she did a reading for me, and I became her godchild. And it's kind of progressed since then. Okay, going backwards. For those who don't know, like, what is a godparent? A godparent is kind of like your mentor or your elder in the tradition. Okay. They're almost like, they are kind of like a godparent because they are they are an Orisha priest, um, and they basically walk you through, you know, the various things that you need to get done if you're going to be a priest. Okay. Understood. Now going back to your experience in the nineties, cause all, you know, I wasn't old enough to obviously participate like I would have if I was this age back then, mm -hmm. but I always remember it being super blackly black in that era, like that like, late eighties, early nineties, Africa medallions. 
Like, what was that like growing up in, in that era of Chicago? It was pretty exciting. It was pretty awesome because there was such, the community was such that everybody was sharing information. Um, the way I really got into it is I knew there was more. And I ran into this girl. I saw her on the bus and she was just dressed in all African garb. And I thought she looked amazing. And I was just, you know, I was at the time reading a lot of books. I was just going to a mainstream bookstore. And what I was looking for, somebody said, oh, you should check out this Afrocentric bookstore down the, st- down the street. And I walked in and this girl was working there and she gave me like a, a list of books to read. And we just really were sharing information because it was so new to us. You'd think after everything that happened in the 60s and the 70s, like it would have been more available to us, but it really wasn't. Like the, the late 70s and 80s happened. So it kind of got pushed to the side. So we were just this new generation that was just kind of rediscovering our roots. And it was extremely exciting. It was very, I feel it was very positive. Obviously, you know, there was some, there are always issues, but there was just such an exchange of information that it's like nothing. It was almost like a renaissance. Okay. Now, given that you were experiencing that type of renaissance back then, given Mm -hmm. that we're in what we're in now as a social media age, do you think that's the same type of energy or is it a little different? Because you've been around for both. Right. I feel that it's, it is different because it is really focused on healing where I feel that we were more focused on information. Um, your generation is really focused on gener- on healing the generation's past and, and self-care and things like that. We were more like, I, like I said, more like information, like, Self-care wasn't as big a part of it. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. I feel like it's the same, but I feel like it's taking on some additional elements that is extremely healthy. Like it's, I like the fact that your generation calls people on their shit at the end of the day. Like that, that's something that we didn't really do and we should have, but we were raised by a generation of people who, you know, children are seen and not heard, so you stayed in your place. So. Okay, I get that. Okay. All right, so um, when it came to African spirituality, did you ever have any doubts? Because, you know, if you're, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how were you raised before you found African spirituality? Were you Christian? Were you Muslim? I was definitely Christian. I am the granddaughter of a pastor. My grandmother was the mother of the church. My mother and her siblings actually um, had like a little gospel group when they were kids in the South. So, but when she came to Chicago, she didn't want her children to be forced into Christianity. So we went to church. We were a part of church, but it wasn't forced on us, but I was still definitely Christian. And at one point in my early twenties, I did join a full gospel uh, church of God in Christ and was <laughs> the look on your face. Um, no, I'm just surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah, I actually um, studied within their ministry school, um, and I was ordained as an evangelist. Yeah, they're layers. Kim, um, who's an evangelist? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I did not know this. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I was very much, so when I, went into this realm of African spirituality and Chris and crystals and tarot and all this alternative, all these alternative things. It was terrifying. 
Um, because, you know, all I knew was Christianity. I know a little bit about Muslims because I am from the south side of Chicago. So I did grow up around the Nation of Islam, but that was just kind of like, oh, you know, that's the Muslim people. Like we, <laughs> they were over there doing their thing. We go up here doing our thing. And it was terrifying because I didn't know if I was going to alienate my family. Like once I told them, I didn't know, you know, one of the scariest things I remember, I remember when I kind of, I guess I say I crossed over is that I bought my first deck of tarot cards and it took me a week to talk myself into doing it because I was terrified I was going to go to hell. But I really wanted to know what tarot was. I really, really was drawn to it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is it. And I was like, well, all right, let's do it. Let's see what happens. So. Wow. So you get to unlearn or to learn something different. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, it's a, it's an ongoing process. I'm always on learning it. I'm always, you're always learning new layers of information in reference to both religions that take you a little bit further away from what you were taught as a child. Okay. Okay, so when you got into African spirituality, um, I want to make sure I work this question. I know a lot of people read books. Yeah. Books is one thing, experience is another, right? Definitely. So with that being said, with, with your experience with African spirituality, was it like what you read in the books? No. Wow. And yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's both. It's like when you actually get into it and you're going through the rituals, it's like, Oh, this is okay. This is, this is, you know, books, the two don't compare. That's just it in a nutshell, but books are good. There's nothing wrong with books because you do get information. Um, I still take classes, um, with, um, you say, um, I read University. I still do take classes about the tradition. So I'm still learning even this far in, and it's just an ongoing learning process. I don't have a problem with books, but books, don't replace elders. Facts. I can agree with you on that. Because I love me some elders. That's for sure, for certain. Yes. But um, the question that I want to talk about, well, I guess there's so much we could really discuss. But mm -hmm. what is African spirituality based on for those who are unaware? It really depends on which branch of African spirituality. Because although I, I feel that we all, we have commonalities. Um, each branch is, is, is different. I mean, you have, you have Ifa, you have, um, and in it, and in, in the Yoruba religion, you also have Lukumi, you have Santeria, you have Isheshe, you have, you know, the Oyatunji branch. Then you have, um, the Akan system, which I know very little about. Then you have the Haitian Lawa, you know, so there are all these different systems that, you know, the one thing that, that I would say that we all have in common is that we do have one supreme being, if you want to look at it like that. But, and we do also all have deities, different deities. Um, I would, some people refer to them as archetypes. John Mason, who's a very well-known Obatala priest in New York, says that they are deified ancestors. So, but they're basically different levels of consciousness and that's something that we all have okay so i noticed you said there are different levels of consciousness now going back to christianity african mm -hmm. spirituality predates christianity correct yes it does 
So it's interesting because and I'm not trying to put one against the other, that's what I'm saying, but it's interesting because people think that the deities are literal gods, and you just said no, they're different forms of consciousness. I didn't say they weren't gods because <laughs> my bad. Not deities. <laughs> what I mean is they're not you know like the whole idol species, there's no other gods and things like that. Right. What I'm trying to say is they're not quite at least, I mean, you please correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't take what you said as them being different guys. I took them as like being parts of a whole because there's one supreme being. Exactly. That okay. was the way it was explained to me many, many moons ago is that if God is the hand, then the Orisha are the fingers. Oh, okay. So that's the best that that was the best explanation for me. And another way, another thing that it was also taught to me is that over here, you know, we kind of have, you, you might worship a lot of different Orisha in a house. You know, somebody, one person's head might be Obatala, one person's head might be Oshun. But in Nigeria, like a town, that's their deity. They would have like one primary deity. Okay. So it's a little bit, it's done a little different over here because of the slave trade. But we're all still part of the same faith. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I almost put my foot in my mouth. I had to, I had to double check. I had to say, no, 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 no. Let me explain it. But, um, okay, cool. So I want to go into social media spirituality because I think that that's something that it, it, it's a thing. And I noticed that with uh, people like Beyonce and things like that, there's become, and, and I mean, Babdu to a degree, or much mm -hmm. earlier, there's always kind of being African spirituality kind of lingering around, it seems. Yeah. Uh, with certain artists. And I know people are curious. And I think, you know, everybody has started to like associate Beyonce with those shoes and things like that. And what I'm asking basically is people in their love for an artist may want to adopt something that they think that an artist is doing, whether they know it 100% or not. Mm -hmm. So, what is your take on at least because it's a generational thing? Obviously, you was there beforehand. This social media was not a thing like that. Right. What is your take on social media spirituality, where folks are just claiming or reaches without necessarily being in the system? As I stated, I think I've, I've elders are extremely important. Um, you can go ahead. You can honor the Orisha. That's a that's a great thing. Many people do, you know, they, you know, they go to the water and they might leave a candle and some honey for shoon, or, you know, you might leave something at the crossroads for a shoe, but nothing is really going to replace eldership. Nothing is really going to play, replace um, really learning the tradition firsthand. There are people online who are doing some things that as someone who, who really honors elders and honors elders in this tradition, you know, I'm looking at them side eyes like, hmm, okay, I'm just going to walk away from that mess. Um, because that, and I think that is the downfall to this generation is that because they think that they saw a YouTube video, they know what they're doing. I've seen lots of people claim that you can get, you can find out the Orisha from, a card reading, that's not how it's done. Um, or, you know, they can they go into trance, that's also not how it's done. You really have to go and get the reading done and get the work done. And then that's how you find out who your, who your head Orisha is. 
Um, and I feel like these people, some, I don't feel like they're necessarily preying on the innocent because I feel like a lot of people are out there, they want to help and they may actually have a gift, but they do need to be trained and they do need to understand that this is a lineage that we come from people. We don't just decide we're going to pick up something and all of a sudden we're proficient in it. That Honestly, that's a bit disrespectful. So go sit at the foot of an elder, you know, find some good elders, you know, make sure that these people are vetted because there are fakes out there and learn this tradition. If this is something you really want to be a part of, it's okay to humble yourself and go to elders and learn. I do it and I'm good and grown. <laughs> There's like five questions I have after this, but okay. I know I know how to gang go, so I can't. I got to make sure that what I'm asking for does not intrude because I do understand African spirituality. There are gates that you just can't cross, period. right? And there's certain questions you just can't ask, period. So you can ask, you just might not get your answer. Exactly. So if okay, so what I'm basically asking is for those who do not know. Mm-hmm. African to get into African spirituality, you have to be initiated, right? No. To get into it's African spirituality, hmm? what I mean is to be a priestess or to be like a, a child of an Orisha. I'm an I am an Aborisha, which means I am a child of Orisha, but I am not initiated. But I do have rights to certain Orisha that I I've received. I've gone through ceremony to receive those rights. Okay. So you don't, I am an, I am an Agungun priest. I have those rights. Um, but I am not an, I am not an Orisha priest. What's an Agungun priest for those who don't know? Agungun is ancestral or ancestors. So I am the priest, I'm the ancestral priest for my family. So for those who <laughs> don't know. What are ancestors? What, what does an ancestor priest do it. Now, I'm not saying give up everything. I'm just saying whatever's safe to answer. Well, for me, I maintain my family shrine. Other, It depends on the level of the priest. Um, some priests, you know, they will, they help other people with their shrines um, in relation to getting everything set up, you know, um, doing any type of work that may need to be done for the shrine, for the ancestors. And you know, it's it's a it's a little bit more intensive, so it's something I really cannot go into. But there are different levels. For me, at the level I am, I work for my family. Like I make sure that my family is represented. There's an altar in my home. I make sure that they have. You know, if there's an offering needs to be done. I have to get it. I see. Okay, so you're designated. You're designated to handle it on behalf of your bloodline. Yes. Got it. Okay. At this time. And if, because it could it could change. Got it. So I'm just you know trying to tiptoe with the questions. You know what I'm saying just to make sure. Now for those who do not understand um, lineage, and I'm not saying to go into great detail, but some people sometimes think that your lineage is literal. They think that it's your blood, and some people think that it, okay. And I wanted to ask your your take on that to clear that up for some people who may not understand that. The lineage is the lineage of the priest of who they came through because. 
you know, we all go, we all trace, like if you ask me who my godparents were, my godparents were, or how I received certain rights, I could tell you the priest that gave them to me. And I could tell, I could probably tell you their um, priest, their, um, that priest, their grandparents, you know, who I, who I came through, basically spiritually who birthed me. Got it. Now you mentioned Oyo Tunji. Do you want to talk a little bit about Oyo Tunji? Uh, do you have questions? Because yeah. I can push them to the best of my ability. Okay. Now I know a little bit about Oyo Tunji, okay? Because I, I mean, that's like, I think that's the only, that's the only African village out here in the States, correct? To the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge. Same. And that's located, well, on the border of South Carolina, right? South Carolina, Savannah? Sheldon. Okay. Sheldon, South Carolina. Okay. And Oyotunji <laughs> was founded by a Black American, correct? That's correct. Okay. Um, I, I do not want to mess up his name. Is it Osage, but it's his first name. Yeah. I. What's funny is I was taking... A couple of months ago, I was actually taking a Yoruba language class, but I had a, a sudden death and I couldn't finish. So my Yoruba is terrible. Um, but yes, um, the Oba, he, is a, he was a king. He basically founded the um, Oyotunji village in, in um, Oyotunji. Okay. In South Carolina, sorry. And that was, gosh, I don't remember the year, so I'm not going to even try to lie. But yeah, it's it was there and it. I've been a couple times. It's actually pretty cool. So if you ever get the opportunity, go. I'm still so mad I didn't go before I moved. I was supposed to go with uh with Tia and Ivana. I was like, let's go. Oh, my God. If y'all would have went and not told me, I'd have fought all y'all. Uh, I know. And and maybe that's the reason why I didn't go. Because we didn't need a Chicago beatdown. Right, right. When, for you not going. Back, when you come back, like if it's warm, we should try to make a trip. Shoot, are you playing? It may be sooner than later. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. Well, we can run that because we plan some things right now. But, okay. um, but um, what's some other stuff? Okay, so I'm just okay for some people who don't know anything about your spirituality in your experience. Because I know you can only speak from your experience mm -hmm. and to the best of your knowledge. What are some things to look for, and what are some things not to look for when it comes to finding godparents or finding uh, a priest to work with? Or priestess to work with? Um, there are, it depends on where you are. And people actually, it's so funny because I've done book reviews about different books on African spirituality. And people always ask me, you know, how do they find out more about it? Um, if you're in a major urban city, it's a little easier because there are temples at this point. Um, Atlanta has a couple. Um, I'm sure LA has at least one. Um, Chicago has some. New York has some. Miami, major. Um, I think even Denver has one, which is interesting because I never think about black people in Denver, but I know they're there. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I know y'all there, but I just don't think about y'all. Um, contacting, I would say, contacting a temple. That will probably be the easiest way, and. Or looking on a temple's website and seeing if they have who they're affiliated with. Um, and going there, you know, you should be able to ask questions. Um, once you're at a temple, you should be able to get information about lineage. 
especially if you're in the um the what are we calling ourselves conscious woke what are we calling ourselves these days because i'm not even sure <laughs> i think we're still in the conscious phase right now oh, okay because woke was floating around here for a minute <laughs> if you're in that community somebody should be able to tell you something about you know the people that you if you're going to a temple it's a little easier for me because i i've i've been around for a minute so i kind of i know people so it's you know reach out to somebody if you i mean i'm put completely open to people reaching out to me it's fine i am on social media i will try to do if i know someone in your area i will try to direct you now, some people may not understand that certain things cost. So I just want people to kind of not feel like they're being, because some people may not know no better and think they're being scammed, but they don't really know that's just the way the game goes in terms of how to learn. So is it, it's customary to pay for certain things like readings, correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, that is part in Ifa or Yoruba. Um, it's known as Ebo. Ebo is not always you having to do some type of animal sacrifice elbow can be that you this is money that you had that you spent toward getting the service done for your spirituality we don't tithe in the traditional sense but if you go get a, a reading from a priestess yes there is a charge because this is the marketplace and they they do charge this is a service that they are providing and any other service that they have, unless, of course, it comes through in a reading that they are supposed to do it for free, they are charging you. And it's not, you're not being scammed. It, it is what it is. They've been, it's, we've been paying since pretty much the system began. Okay. All right. Now, I would like to ask about, because some people feel like if they're black, they should practice African spirituality. I remember, I don't know, I, think, I feel like we all talked about this a, a couple years ago. I remember this dude, because you know, it's always a man that got a problem with spiritual hunger and would want to tell me how to do things oh, on the platform. But I think he had mentioned something saying, you women are confused. You're wearing beads. But then, you know, you're messing around with... So he basically was like, you're doing West African traditions with the waist beads. Then you're claiming segment and everything else on the East African side. <laughs> then you're messing around with Brujeria. Y'all ain't... That ain't y'all That ain't y'all thing. So I think with those type of strong opinions, that because there's a lot of them out there, some people are confused as to whether they should practice because of their... Because they may not know where they come from. You know, the slave trade made things very right. uh, just jumbled in terms of finding exact lineage. It's hard. It is very hard. So some people are confused and some people are kind of like, damn, well, if I gravitated towards a Santeria or a Hoodoo or a Voodoo, can I still practice African spirituality? Or some people are kind of like, you know, can brown people practice African spirituality? When you say brown people, you're talking about uh, Latinx people? Yes, uh-huh. Um, black, if according to Cuba, Puerto Rico, and Brazil, they are practicing it and have been for hundreds of years. So I feel that black people do have a different connection and that's something that needs to be explored as to 
us doing as to the comments you said the brother said like we wearing waist beads waist beads unless they're given to you in ceremony i bought i mean i bought my waist beads off ebay mm-hmm. they're for ornamentation because i like the way they look they are not blessed they have not been consecrated they are purely for ornamentation you can wear waist beads for ornamentation like i said unless of course they're prescribed and you get them in a ceremony and you know they put the medicine into them that's a that's completely different um, are, are we doing too much? Some people are, some people are mixing up a whole bunch of stuff and the rest of us are looking at them going, okay, all right, I'm a, I'm gonna back away and let you do what you feel like you need to do. And that's one of the things when not being under elders. And it's so funny because when I first started in tradition, I was doing everything. I was the same person. And my godmother was like, you need to have this as your base first and then you can look into all that later, but you need to focus on learning this first. Cause I was like, cause remember this is the late nineties, early two thousands. Well, early nineties, somewhere around there. And I was buying books on Wicca. I was buying books on crystals. I was buying, I was living in the new age section. I was reading on everything. In my opinion, I should have been able to mix it all. And now I see, yeah, that's not really how it goes. If you want to practice African spirituality, find a temple, find it, find an elder, find an ia, find a baba, work with them, and you might discover that that might not even be your path. You might want to go and do something else, and that's fine. If that if that's not your path, I remember some woman. I met someone who was actually the ifa said that they were supposed to be Muslim. Right? I was shocked too, but. Things happen, and everybody has their own individual destiny. Wow, you know the waist beads is very interesting because I was buying mine for um, just you know, you know to be cute or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when we went to Oshun Fest before before I moved, remember when everybody was buying the beads? Yeah, it was a priest, right? Yeah, yeah. When he when he, man, I had bought two already. About mm-hmm. maybe I think I bought my first set of waist beads maybe about five six years ago. Mm-hmm. And ironically, them broke once I found me a man that I had prayed for. Ironically, <laughs> the, the first time I spent it over his house, we ain't do nothing. But the first mm-hmm. time I was over his house, that first set broke. I said, "Oh, okay," because that was like a ruby garnet type of you know femininity type of bead. I was like, oh, "Okay, love bead." So that mm-hmm. was one. I said, "Okay, I'm not gonna buy another one." Then I had the pink ones that I bought at Afropunk. Uh, year prior to Oshun Fest, mm-hmm. when I went to Oshun Fest, and I realized that he was a priest, mm-hmm. and he was like, "These are the ones." And he said, "What's what you got going on?" I said, "I'm moving." He said, "Where are you going?" I said, "California." He said, "Ah, this is the beast. These are the beasts for you." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, um, wow." And it wasn't like he was trying to sell me. You know, they sell them. They sometimes they sell waste beads for like twenty a, a, a strand, which is way too damn much in my opinion. Way too. Much. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't like he was trying to sell me a, a, a high price item or like that. Like his prices were very fair. And I wish I had his number. Oh my goodness. Because I really would like some more beads. But when he had his wife tied them on me, mm-hmm. it felt sacred then. Because mm-hmm. we all discussed that it was a new a new journey. I wanted something new to take me from Atlanta to LA. And when mm-hmm. he tied them on my waist that day, it felt different. And I vowed then that I would never buy any more waist beads. Unless they was blessed. 
if that makes sense. That makes sense. Because it was it was a whole different type of feel. It's different when you're at a festival, you're just buying stuff just to buy. Right. It's different when you're shopping online. But when a priestess ties something on you or mm-hmm. a priest's wife ties something on you, it's like, it's it, the energy was different. I wish I could explain it better. Can you feel what I'm saying, though? I understand, yeah. It was the sacredness of that. And I said, I can't buy no more beads until... It's the ashe on, on the beads. For those who don't know, can you explain to them what an ashe is? So Ashe, you I'm sure that your listeners hear it said in the community quite often. And we've almost adopted it almost like how people say amen. Um, but Ashe is kind of like chi in the um Eastern culture. It is the energy that animates everything. So when I say that it's the Ashe, it's it's that energy, it's that life force that a priest has the uh, what does my cousin call it the anointing because she's a christian minister and we've talked about it and that's what they refer to it is the anointing so you're you're picking up on that ashe and i totally get that yeah oh shoot fest was dope i wish i could have stayed longer i was so mad of course all this happens right before i move what's is going on but okay so i would like to do a segment called what would kim do ah okay what what would kim do and again it's only from your perspective and your your experience right what would you do in these type of situations okay okay all right kim is scrolling on social media kim sees that a person has adopted in Orisha without going through the actual process. You can tell based on their post, they don't really quite know what they're doing because mm-hmm. they're not necessarily saying some of the things that you would say if you were actually studying the, the, uh, the religion. Mm-hmm. So what would you do in that situation? And you know they're following folks. They got a pretty sizable following. They're popular. And, they, and they're telling people incorrect. How well do I know them? They're, they're cool. Y'all cordial. I would probably, um, I would probably DM them. If I, if if there's somebody that I actually know, I do see a lot of things on social media. Um, the bad thing is a lot of people, they're not going to receive that well because if they don't know you, if it's somebody that I know, I can be like, Hey, you know, you might want to, this is some information. This is a person you might want to reach out to. And I'll refer to him to an actual priest. This way you can get your questions answered and you can kind of do this correctly. Well, not kind of do it, do it correctly. I would refer them to a priest. Okay. Now I have a, a side question about that. So mm-hmm. when you're becoming, cause I mean, sometimes I see young priestesses and young priests. Yeah, you can you can be a toddler and be a priest, but you're a toddler. <laughs> well, that's the question right there. That's the question right there. Because I, I mean, again, I get the I, I feel like the names, the title, we're in the title area, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a healer. I'm a coach. I'm a this. I'm a that. Right. Sometimes people may put titles on themselves, and that's not who they are. That's true. And a lot of people do that um, because it's easy. And I think that's something you and I discussed. You were like, Kim, I didn't know this about you. And I'm like, yeah, because I kind of keep my stuff, you know, to myself. I mean, 
it's there, but it's not like, oh, this, I'm this, this, and this. It's not really that. It's not, it's not there for everybody. Right. You know, if you find me and you reach out to me, I will help you to the best of my ability. But that is not something that's, that's not necessarily the path that I'm on at this time. So that's not really something that I'm doing. Okay. Okay. So there is a trip to an African country mm-hmm. for initiation. Mm-hmm. What would Kim do? Who's, am I being initiated? Oh, somebody else and I'm just going for the ride. Somebody else is going, but they're saying that you can be initiated if you go. Uh, I would probably reach out to my elders before going and getting initiated by some random people that I don't know. Um, that's not a good thing. You don't want everybody messing with your head like that. So now if it's one of my friends, let's just say one of my friends is going, this is how God parent. And you know, we know who they are. They've been vetted and everything. And they want me to go for moral support. As long as the reading comes back that I can go. Yeah, I'll roll. Cause if when I you get, get- if the read comes back, it's a, it seems like there's a, there's a, there's systems of checks and balances. Cause yeah. you said the reading says you can go. Not if you want to go, but the reading right. says you can go, then you go. Right. This isn't necessarily like, oh, we're just going to go to Miami for the weekend. This is something sacred. This is something serious. So this is something that I should look into uh, more than I would just, you know, a girl's trip. Right. So if the reading says no, you stay at home. If the reading says no, then I'm staying home, but I'm with you in spirit, love and light. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, Kim is, is chilling, mind her business, and she sees that there's priests doing work to negatively harm people. What would Kim do? Uh, first of all, who are they negatively harming? And did they do the reading to see if that was something they were supposed to do? If the reading said that, and and obviously it depends on who they, you know, who they are. Am, am, are they, am I, once again, are they someone that I know? A lot of times karma actually is a thing. Like you, you, if you're doing something out there that you shouldn't be doing, it does bite you in the ass. Now, if it's someone that I know and they're getting ready to do some negative, some negative magic, and they're just doing it out of spite. Like, um, I'm, I am going to tell them that that's something that they shouldn't be doing, but they're adults. That's your, that's between you, that's between you and the gods. That's if you want to take that ass whipping, that's fine. I got nothing to do with that. Okay. Live and learn kid. Live and learn. Okay, I'm glad you went there with the black magic because people think that it, it's a weird. And again, I think that's that's just programming. Mm-hmm. But people have been programmed to think that African spirituality is somehow black magic or dark magic or negative. No. Magic. Yeah, I know, and it's weird. Uh, you know, I have people in my family tell me that that are Christian that we're on separate sides, and I'm like, how? How are we on separate sides when we both believe in God? How's that a thing? You can practice. A lot of people in the tradition actually, well, I won't say a lot, but there are people in the tradition who do not practice magic. They are purely, they are devotees. That's all they want. 
they don't want any part to do with that rest of the stuff. You can, there is a magical aspect to it. You can practice it. You don't have to. You can, you, you can be purely worshipful. Um, but if you know anything about African spirituality and people just are determined not to listen because you can tell them like, we don't even have a devil. So how are we going to hell? Like that's not even something that we do. You know, we, it's, it's a completely, you can't compare apples to oranges, even though they're both fruit. They're, they have, they literally have nothing in common outside of being a fruit. You can't take, my spiritual my spiritual practices and compare them to islam they outside of us both believing in god what is there to compare i mean in good character okay you should do right do do unto others as your others would do unto you that's the main thing that's that's the thing but it's not it is not what the western world portrays it and that's i think that's from like the Haitian system and the Loa and the zombie. But if you do the research on, you know, the zombie culture, you'll understand that that was actually a system. That was a system of punishment. Like they weren't just randomly going around like, you're a zombie and you're a zombie and you're a zombie. And these whole group of zombies are going to attack the city. That's not a thing. Like in, back in the old days, because like you read books by um, Zora Neale Hurston and, um, Oh my God, Catherine Dunham. Like that was a system they had in place. You had done something heinous and you needed to be punished. That was, that's what that was. It wasn't, they just weren't going around randomly zombifying people. So it wasn't, huh? it wasn't for petty stuff like what we see out here. No, I mean, no, that's, <laughs> it was a system like you had done something that you needed to be punished for and you had been talked about it. And you consider you continue to stay on your way, and yeah. So the elders got together and they decided this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> it's just I'm glad we're getting this clarification, even because I know better. But I just see it be presented so so incorrectly, and it makes it and it just they demonize it, and it's just like, well, Hollywood like, does a great job of, and then. I mean, Hollywood does a great job of demonizing African religion. They, if you look at most of the movies that are dealing with quote-unquote voodoo, and if you go to an actual temple or Ile, it, it, it's, we're so calm, and that stuff that they're doing, we're all like, wow, this is really good entertainment. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we're doing, but this is really interesting. This is, wow. Yeah, I don't know anybody who does that. Like, that's not us. Like American Horror Story. I heard there was some some issues with that. That's what I heard. I, I didn't watch it because I don't actually do horror. I want to, but I'm, it, it freaks me out. But uh, <laughs> it looked like it was entertaining. Yeah, I think that was the whole... I think it was a debate with Papa Leg. Papa Leg yeah, I heard that. I think they say he was doing cocaine. And we, we don't give... I mean, I don't know anyone who gives their... Alegba or issue cocaine. That's weird, but I ain't got, you know, whatever. Do what you feel you need to do. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think, is there any other questions that someone would have? We've talked about the negative portrayal, which isn't mm -hmm. accurate. We talked about how it's rooted in, in good character. 
Mm-hmm. Talked about how you can't just move and do what you're gonna do. It's a process. So it takes time. Right. You understand. Right. Um, and you just can't be going around claiming Orishas like you're their child unless you've gone through the rights to get that honor or that status. Correct. Right. You would get a reading to see who your head was, and any event that you got initiated, like that, could possibly change. So that's something you could just. Just might as well wrap your head around now that, yes, you could be working with, let's say, Oya at this time. It's great. But you could, it could change. You could go to get initiated and it could be something different. So to be further clear, you don't choose your Orisha. Your Orisha chooses you. Yes, definitely. So y'all hear that now. Next time y'all see folks wearing different colors and stuff and you want to choose an Orisha, that's not correct. That's not how it goes. Right. The process and let them choose you. So I'm and curious, Kim, what are the consequences of that? If you go, if you go off the, off the path and you start doing stuff out of order like that, is there any type of consequences that come with that? That is something you would, because I never did it. I stayed in my, <laughs> I, I, I stayed in my lane because you know, I wanted to learn the right way to, I mean, I, you know, I read some other stuff, but when it came to saying who my head was and what I was supposed to do, I tried to do that to the best of my ability. That is something you would have to discuss with um, uh, an Orisha priest or an Ifa priest. And I'm sure there are, you know, consequences and that's something you would need to discuss with them. Right. But there is karma. So, you know, work with, do don't make this complicated for yourself. At the end of the day, we have elders. Don't decide that you can read this one book and watch four YouTube videos Ooh. and sage, and now you are, I don't know, whatever type of priest you think you are. No, baby, that's not it. Find some elders. Sit at their feet and learn. It's okay because you're going to be better off for it. You're going to be on the path that you're supposed to be on. This is great. I'm so happy because I, you know, I've been wanting to be African spirituality on the platform for a while. Right. And the whole time you was here, like what? And I feel like when I did your makeup, I feel like we kind of had this conversation, but I guess we didn't go into depth with it. No, because I was ready to party. It was my yeah. birthday. I was trying to be cute and sexy. Right. It was your birthday. Interest. But, right. But um, I had an idea because you know I've been to the crib, so I had an idea. But mm-hmm. I was like, well. You know, when you ask about someone's practices, that's a very personal question. Right. So I was like, you know, one day, I don't want to offend her, so I'm going to ask one day. And then uh, E and Tia was like, uh, duh, Maria, you do know Kim. And I was like, you're right. And then I seen the Google priest. I said, oh, my gosh, come on now. This whole time? <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness, this whole time. Oh. So... But yeah, so is there anything that you want to share with the audience about African spirituality? Um, that it's a lifelong learning process. You never, I don't feel like, and that's just in general, you, I don't feel like you're ever going to know it all. I know, like I said, I took a, I took a, a class um, with Baba John and there were, and I felt, I was like, oh my God, I am out of my league because I've looked, you know, we did it on Zoom and I was looking at the people. I'm like, these are priests. 
I'm in a class with priests. They know a whole lot more than I do. And I'm like, I just sat there. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm just going to sit here and be humble because this is showing me that there are gaps in my education. There are things that I still don't know. And I learned so much in that, eight, in that what was it, four weeks, six weeks? I learned so much more. You're never going to know it all. You're still always going to be learning. You're always going to have elders. Except maybe when you're probably around 80, but still then, there's, you know, there's, there's always something to learn. So be humble in this tradition, you know, come in, sit at the feet of your elders, ask questions, you know, about things you don't understand and be willing to learn. One final question. Mm-hmm. As you know, we are territorial people as well, folks. Understandably so. When people take stuff, take stuff, take stuff. We tend to hold on to what is ours tighter than usual or tighter than others. Yes. That being said, white folks and African spirituality, what is your take on that? Uh, as I share with you, I have a friend who is white who is an Oshun priest. I personally feel like they have their own traditions, um, and there are a ton of them that they could explore. Um, my friend doesn't happen to be one of the people that's exploiting it, which is good. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I do feel there are some among white people in the tradition, there are definitely some disrespectful ways. Um, this is in our bloodline. I talk about lineage, but this is also our blood. Our ancestors came over during the transatlantic slave. If we do ancestry DNA, they're going to connect us to some part of West Africa. You cannot disrespect us in our tradition. This is our birthright. So don't, do not disrespect us in this tradition. That is something... Don't play us dumb. Um, this is ours. You are you are a guest here, because they are being initiated. As P, as black people, we you know they go to Nigeria. There are people who initiate them in Nigeria. They go to Latin American company countries. There are people who initiate them because they were told to. Okay, that's all fine, well and good. It may not be what I necessarily agree with, but it's done. But by the same token, don't disrespect the bloodline. I am of West African descent. I am of Nigerian descent. My ancestors did come over from Nigeria. They came over from Ghana. These are my ancestral traditions. Do not disrespect me. Now, should they be initiated? That I that's that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> The reason why I ask is because, and I feel you with tracing your, like finding your ancestry, because I know we, when I was a little girl, my father was like, you know, we come from fighting people, we come from warrior people, shanty people. So mm-hmm. I feel you with, once you find that out, certain things about yourself, you hold yeah. on. That's right. your identity, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, it gets very tricky because our identity is being challenged on one end, loved culturally, but disrespected humanly. You feel me? So when it comes to people in social justice, religion and spirituality gets thrown into the mix because that's a part of the conversation. Okay. So even in like last, uh, not even last, not last year or anything like that, maybe a few months ago, 
when mm-hmm. I started talking my stuff about how your favorite non-black spiritualist cares about your black dollar but not your black life because they're not speaking up about any of this stuff, some people were kind of getting upset, saying, "Oh, well, you know, you know, you don't really know and things like that." I said, "Yeah, I do know." I said that to me, if they're not speaking out against some of the same people they're teaching and, and counseling and things like that, they don't give a fuck about your black life. And they right. say, "Go get your money back." And, and like I said in that video, I said, and they said, oh, you're going to upset some people. And I said, I'm not worried about no colonizer using my, my magic against me. You're not going to use anything that's come. Because the way I look at it is Africa is the cradle of civilization. I believe that. Everything right. we're not going to use as somebody that is not black, you're not going to use that against me. You're not. And you're not going to win. So right. I was curious to know your perspective on that because on one end, that's my view. But on another end, there are some people, like I said, we're, we're, we're territorial people when it comes to something that is ours because so much has been taken from us. You know? So I was curious I to know what you thought about that. I do. I, I am territorial. I do believe that this is something that should be for people of African descent. Um, but, but by the same token, I can't stop what other people do. Right. But one of the things that I think is really important, and this is something, this is ex- a subject extremely dear to my heart, is don't buy your spiritual supplies from people that don't look like you. Don't take classes, spiritual classes, from people that don't look like you. I am a Reiki master. I am a Yoni Stein practitioner. I am currently studying to be an herbalist. I am a birth doula, but I, my birth doula training, I did go through Donna because at the time that's the only, that them and Kappa were really the only ones around. I am retaking my doula training. I will be going through a black organization. My herbalism, my Yoni Steams practitioner, um, my Reiki, I have gone through black people. Um, most of my, my tarot decks, um, I try to collect well, not collect. I try to get tarot decks or oracle cards from black people. I source them out. Most of the things, well, not most of the things, if I can buy from black people across the board, that's my life. Like even now, like, you know, I'm a makeup artist. Um, most of my makeup now, my purchases are from black people. It's extremely important for me to keep this money within our community. And, you know, it's just important that it, it, it circulates through our community. So I'm constantly like, you know, my, t- my tooth care, my body care, I'm looking for black people who make body lotion so I can buy from them. And that's the same with my spiritual supplies. I try to get as much as I can from black folks. And I think if you're going to practice this tradition, if you are saying that you love black people the way that you say then you need to honestly put your money where your mouth is and you need to buy black as much as you can. Like, I mean, I bet I have bought jeans from H and M. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know where you can, but you know, um, Elizabeth Ruth, um, she has a store. There are a lot of stores in Atlanta. Now, I don't know if you've been here, but little foul points got like three or four little black, um, spiritual shops. There are a lot of black online retailers that you can get your stuff from. You do not have to go to other people. I mean, that's crystals. That's you know across the board. Try to shop black if you can. 
Well, that sounds like a good way to end the interview off. But is there anything else that you want to tell the audience before we end? Um, let's see. You can find me on social media. It's under Sahasada2013. That's on Instagram and Sahasada Atenra on Facebook. Um, right now I'm on a social media hiatus because I feel like it's taking up too much of our time. So I'm giving myself some space from it. Um, and people just, I know you want to be autonomous and I know you want, you feel that you have this calling. Get your training. Go ahead. Le be under somebody. Learn from people. You know, try to find qualified teachers because there are some fakes out here. There are some charlatans. And Maria, you and I have discussed that about some of the some of the fakes and charlatans. Don't just because they say that they have they've done this, that, and the other, you know, I'm gonna need y'all to really kind of listen to your intuition. Cause everybody ain't a damn priest. It it is what it is. It just a whole lot of folks out here like, yes, I'm this, I'm that. No, no. You got you you bought some sage at Whole Foods and a candle at the Dollar Tree, and no, no, it's not just what you are. Oh, I knew that was coming out. Oh, I'll take it. Should it came in the end, I'll take it. I'll take it. Write okay, your Instagram name for those who don't know. Uh, they they may have missed it the first time. Yeah, S A H A S R A R A twenty thirteen. Okay. And it's the same thing, Atenra, A-T-E-N-R-A, on Facebook. All right. And if you reach out to me and if I know someone in your area, I will try to get you over to the right people because it's important that, you know, you, if you want to learn, it's important that we get you to teachers. That's it. All right, y'all. And there you have it. Is this interview with my OG, Kim, on African spirituality. And that was this week's episode with my OG, Kim. Again, if you need to find Kim, you can do so at Sahasara2013 on Instagram. And you can also find her on Facebook, uh, Sahasara Atenra. And um, yeah, just let her know you found her from the podcast and, you know, and vibe out. Kim is good people. I like Kim. So for those who need to find me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com, spiritualhomegirl.shop. Facebook, Spiritual Homegirl, Instagram, Spiritual Homegirl, um, Tribe Letter, every Monday comes out. Um, what else? What else do I do? Oh, Patreon. Don't forget to sign up for my Patreon. Exclusive content, period. I know I do a lot of content, but what I can't do is I can't give it all away without um, taking care of my Patreons. Because they pay for it. It's only fair, you feel me? You be mad if you pay for something and you didn't, and you getting something that's already on Instagram. So I make sure I create and share exclusive content um, with them. We're doing a Libra challenge. I mean, we've been doing challenges since Leo season. So we're doing Zodiac challenges. If you're looking to find ways to incorporate the Zodiac into gradually, incrementally, slowly improving your life. Because I know sometimes people can't do the sweeping change. I mean, me personally, I kind of can't do it unless it's, a, it's an extreme, dire, urgent nature to do so. But for those that kind of want to tighten up and shape up and, and kind of want to do it in a way that just doesn't seem so pressure-based and doesn't seem so major, um, my Zodiac challenges are perfect for that. We pick little ways to kind of incorporate um, the, the sun sign energy into our lives, not only for that season, but beyond. 
and um it takes work if you if you really ready to get some progress in your life done definitely sign up i only want to work with those that's ready to fly i'm gonna be honest words is cool i can motivate you all day but if you ain't gonna do the work what good is that you know what i'm saying like words can only go so far at some point you gotta make a move you feel me so in order to sign up for the patreon you can definitely do so at patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl so let's see what else is going on what's on my heart right now I'm just grateful. I am. Tia, Maria, Jessica, Corey, those in the community, shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for tapping in with me and being patient with me as we continue to grow the community. I have a goal, y'all. I have a goal to uh, grow to a certain amount of uh, members in my community. And when I do that, I want to give everyone a gift. That is personalized specifically for them. So again, sign up for Patreon at Spiritual Homegirl. And um, but yeah, I'm just really grateful, man. Like I was I didn't put a lot on my plate since before the pandemic. And I I ain't gonna say I struggle, struggled, because I never stopped doing things. I just had to kind of juggle less things and kind of put I had to really prioritize and be like, all right. This ain't for the world and put it down. And yeah, I pick it back up. So I'm in the process of picking things back up because certain things have been handled. So I'm really grateful for that. And um sometimes you just gotta prioritize. Like I know sometimes people make it seem like you can do everything all the time, but when your energy is so spread out like that, it almost compromises like the or it could compromise the integrity of what you're doing. Because certain things can only be successful. When all of your energy is on it, not just 30%, not just 60%, not just 75%. Some things need your undivided attention in order to really come to fruition. And I had to reassess what was worth coming, making, you know, making uh, a way to fruition or a way, way to fruition. What was going to make its way to fruition? Oh, I can't talk. My mama would kill me. My mama was a whole teacher for like 27 years. She, oh my gosh, she heard the grammar on this podcast. She would text me right now with a, with a jiffy because my mama good at them little jiffy things. Like, Maria, girl, where is your... I did not teach you this. Anyway, but yeah, sometimes, you know, we got to put things down that ain't really super important. Social media and all this content and all this information we get, we get bombarded with it so much that we think that if we stretch ourselves thin to take everything in, that we doing ourselves a service when we actually may be doing ourselves a disservice because we overloading ourselves beyond capacity. I personally don't think that we was meant for all of this type of information coming at so fast and so frequent at a pace so for me i've been preserving myself by making sure that i only pay attention to what's what's really bettering myself and what really serves me the trauma and shit i'm sorry i gotta i had to put that down i've been putting that down for almost a year now it's only so much i can take it's only so much i'm gonna take i don't need to see no shit to believe that it happened the in the way society is i mean anything's believable at this point because we've seen it all, you know? Um, I don't need to see it to support. Uh, and to support, you know, um, a movement that's against um, inequality and injustice, you know? So um, that's just something I just wanted to lay on y'all. In case some of y'all may be overwhelmed or may feel like y'all missing out some shit maybe you should miss out on. Some things have been very triggering. Some things have been very traumatizing, like I said. Maybe that's 
Maybe it's a good thing that you're missing out on that. For the sake of your mental health, maybe you can handle it another time. This time has made us so sensitive, and that's okay. People always try to make sensitivity come off like weakness, and that's some bullshit. And I just want people to understand, like, you have the right to assert your boundaries. You have the right to miss out on things. If you if you have to preserve yourself, you have the right to limit your consumption on certain things. You have the right to put some shit down if it's not um, if it's not able to be juggled. Like, it's okay to put, I mean, shit, if you're juggling five things right now, it's okay to put down all five. And reassess and step back and be like, whoa, 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 hold up. Let me pick up one ball. And let me put my energy toward this. Let me get this set up. And then if I can pick up another ball when this one is actually rolling, then I can go ahead and do this one and then do the third one. And then I can decide if I need to even pick up the fourth and fifth one. Sometimes we pick up shit that we really ain't really meant to pick up. Sometimes we pick it up because it looks like it's a good look, but it don't really align. And that's probably why it's so difficult to juggle too. Because it ain't really meant for us to begin with. But... But anyway, I don't want to take y'all ear off. I could do that all night. I'm literally just laying here on the couch, vibing. I'm having such a good night. The salt lamps are on. I done had me some nice dandelion tea. I'm doing a cookbook. So I got to save my recipes for the cookbook. So I'm really excited about that. I, <laughs> writing is, I've been doing a lot of writing lately. I'm really grateful for that. That's kind of been my my ball I've been juggling. It's just writing. I love to write. Man, like I used to love writing when I was a little girl. And to be able to pick it back up like I never left more frequently, man, it feels good. It feels like riding a bicycle. So I'm just really grateful, man. So when my book comes out, I would definitely let y'all know. I might do a special release for it. Yeah, I think I will. I got a whole bunch of merch I need to uh, I need to present anyway. I think I might make that like a little book pack or something. We're going to figure that out. Um once we get this cover finished but yeah y'all that's it i just wanted to tap in with y'all again it's been episode 104 my name is maria the spiritual homegirl and remember trust the journey and trust yourself and in the face of chaos and fuckery of the world today please find something to love on even if it's yourself and some joy peace